0: Hi there, hello, welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend, which is the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show, and it's sponsored by Betfair. I'm Ali Maxwell, I've got George Ellick back with me. Just be back. Nice to be back in the studio. George is working on his French last week, mm. while ill in bed. A huge thank you to Mike Holden for stepping in uh, in george's absence it was fantastic to hear some fresh perspective a different way of looking at things and although mike's picks didn't come off that wickham nap at oxford being done by a last minute pen would have been pretty painful Uh, thanks to mike for coming on Uh, this weekend george and i'll be making betting picks ahead of the efl weekend and the fa cup first round proper this podcast is for over 18s only very strictly and we ask that everyone listening be gamble aware as well and do understand the risks that come with gambling. Never bet more than you can afford to lose and never chase your losses. Uh, I had a lovely little week last week. You're
1: having a lovely little season mate.
0: Lovely little season. Uh, we try not to say it out loud because that's when things start to turn, that's when you upset the gods.
1: Yeah, that's the kind of stuff you hate in particular. Shh, don't mention my good start to the season because then <laughs> I might go wrong.
0: Look, we're happy being under the radar, okay? We don't, we don't want you to talk about us, but we're also glad that you're saying nice things about us.
1: Yeah, i mean, live livid if you're not.
0: MK Dons was my nap. That was a winner. Max Dean, their striker, scored any time for me. That was a winner as well at 12 to 5. Uh, Sunderland, next best winner at 11 to 10. Uh, all three of my BTTS picks came in, uh, albeit Mike's did not. Uh, and the long shot Leeds and Leicester both to score over 2.5. Leeds caught before half time. Leicester at QPR had half an hour against 10 men. But they only scored two. And uh, last minute Begovic fingertip save stopped me from a clean sweep. But I think you know, in high performance podcast terms, I say good. I say I don't want an easy life. I don't want a clean sleep sweep. You don't want a clean sleep you next know, are getting up at I, five a.m. High performance, aren't you? So I, I would love a clean <laughs> sleep with a ten-week-old puppy at home. You
1: know how often when people say make like a uh, stumble on their words and everyone goes oh freudian slip but it's not that they've just stumbled that in that case i think it might have been you said high performance and you've immediately gone to sleep and getting up early
0: let's get this in the can so i can have a nap are you quite championshipy or are you delving into fa cup first round territory
1: no fa cup for me no fuck up
0: okay well i we'll be the judge of that when we see the results <laughs> in the championship then george what's the best bet of the weekend what's your nap <laughs>
1: My nap is in the Championship where I am backing Watford to um, pile on the misery for Darren Moore in Huddersfield. Uh, they are uh, currently 13-10 to 10 to win the game. So that's my nap. Uh, loads of reasons for this, uh, namely Huddersfield's shambolic recent defensive record. Um, they have conceded four goals in three of their last five games, uh, which is not particularly good. It feels like the ghost of Neil Warlock is kind of haunting Um Hardest field at the moment, where, as we said on the Monday pod, it's very difficult sometimes for managers to get off to a decent start when the general perception is that the person who they've replaced was doing a pretty good job and the fans didn't really want them to leave. Uh, we saw Huddersfield be beaten 4-0 last time they were at home against Cardiff in a game where Cardiff kind of eased ahead uh, before Huddersfield had some kind of a reaction late on in terms of creating chances, but never really looked particularly dangerous. And then Leeds went 4-0 up against them out on Saturday before Huddersfield got a very late consolation goal through Mikael Helic thanks to a blunder from Meslier. So there wasn't really a great deal.
0: 4-0 down at half-time in back-to-back league games is, is pretty bleak. So you don't think that a week on the training ground might have made a difference but, for them. But also, if you go back to the game before where they beat QPR at home, they beat them
1: 2-1. They scored with their first two shots. I remember. And then QPR were probably the better side. Game State plays a part in that. And for that, they went to Sheffield Wednesday before um, you know before Danny Roll had come, could come in and, and didn't really put in much performance. Basically, they're playing very badly right now. And it kind of feels like they've reverted back to the Huddersfield that we saw prior to Neil Warnock's arrival. When you also consider the ever lengthening list of absentees Jack Rodoni. that's the big one probably their most important player from a attacking standpoint looks like he's set to miss this one Jonathan Hogg who's arguably one of their most uh, important players from a defensive standpoint in terms of what he offers you screening the defence despite his um, you know, he's, he's not the player that he once was but he still I think has a massive role to play in this side he's suspended for this one They're already, uh, they've already, they already lost Danny Ward to injury Josh Ruffles Oli Turton David Kasumu. They are threadbare. And I, I mean, there uh, there aren't many people that agree with me, but I'm still fairly adamant that Watford are are much better than what we're seeing from them in terms of their actual results, I think. And I've seen fan opinion turn over the last couple of weeks. um, But I I still think Watford are a decent side who, you know, they're currently in 16th, I think. I think they, they will finish top half at the very least, in my mind. Interesting, you know, we often look at fixture dispersion. What if I told you that this season Watford have played seven of the current bottom half? They've won f- uh, four of those games. They've drawn three. They're unbeaten. They've kept five clean sheets in those games. Yeah. Against the top half, they've played seven games. They haven't won a single one of them. They've only picked up two points in those games.
0: I'd say that sounds like a 12th place team to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I mean, but there, there seems to me, and it's not a massive surprise, I don't think, when you consider the calibre of player they've got, they find it much easier to play against poor opposition where they're able to, you know, the likes of, you know, whether it's Imran Luza, Reid Maurice and Yasra Esprit, like they've got players who are just way better, I think, than than bottom half championship sides, even if they haven't necessarily had that cohesive team unit yet. So Huddersfield are undoubtedly right now one of the worst teams in the league. I think they are certainly relegation threatened as it stands at this moment, especially with um, Sheffield Wednesday and QPR making a managerial change that might instigate some kind of improvement. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty strong here that Watford will have the better of this game. And at 13 to 10, they're my nap to win it.
0: My nap is in the Championship. It's Ipswich Town to beat Birmingham City. Uh, it's at Birmingham this, so Ipswich to the away side. And they're 1.91, 10 to 11 with the Betfair Sportsbook. The way that Ipswich play is is automatic at this stage, coming up to two years under Kieran McKenna, and almost immediately we realised that this was a, a coach uh, in particular that could drill his team to be... Very, very pre- impressive out of possession, very impressive in possession, very clear-minded in how to play, particularly in moments of transition where where this season, at a, at a higher level, they've actually um, shown themselves to be a, a much better counter-attacking team than we ever saw in League One, where in the main, the job was to break down uh, low-block defences. The way that Ipswich play is automatic. The way that he manages the squad is fantastic, which means that when players drop out through injury, as is the case with Wes Burns at the moment, you don't worry that much because you know whoever he selects to come in uh, will know exactly what their job is, where to move, who to pass to, and when. And I say all that because... Right now, Birmingham City under Wayne Rooney, I think it's fair to say that the opposite is true when we talk about team cohesion and understanding of a game plan. uh, It's fairly clear from Rooney's first three games that the change from Eustace to Rooney has come with some serious issues for this squad and therefore for Rooney himself. So they lost... At Birmingham, uh, sorry, they lost at Middlesbrough, barely laying a glove on Borough. They did hold out till the 89th minute, but that was more due to Borough's poor finishing. Lost that one 1-0. Again, barely had a shot. They lost at home 2-0 to Hull City, uh, second best in that game in Rooney's uh, only home game so far. They lost 3-1 at Southampton. Now, Saints did score with their first two shots, but they were poor bits of defending... Harwood-Bellis, header in the, in the middle of the goal, very close to it. And then Alcaraz tapping in at the back stick, not defending their box very well. And they're not looking at all coherent. If they were managed by John Eustace, there's no chance I'd be backing Ipswich here at 10-11. to 11 Because with him, I think you knew they were going to be obdurate. They were going to be very well drilled, particularly in their outer possession shape. Instead, they're now trying to play an ambitious so-called no-fear no, start, no fear style of football uh, and they're failing to execute it and Rooney's had his first sort of proper week on the training pitch uh, from what we've heard he's not the one that really leads training anyway so the question is are Ashley Cole and John O'Shea really good coaches are they the sort of coaches that can really whip a team into shape uh, in four or five days of training we don't know that I don't I'm not willing to say they're good or bad coaches. They were certainly very good players, but how confident are we that they'll just sort out Birmingham in the space of a week? I need to see it before I believe it because their performances have been so poor, looking very, very muddled and Rooney's in an awkward spot where his man management and his management of a difficult situation at Derby was what stood out to us. It was exceptional. Um, he's now cast in a very different role in a, in a different film here. And it looks pretty awkward. So uh, if the performances of these two teams are anything like they have been in the last few games, Ipswich should pick them off. Uh, they'll be more confident, no doubt, in their movement, their passing in, in all aspects of the game. They've won 11 of 13 this season. And in fact, they've won 66% of their league games since the start of last season. So Ipswich, might nap, 10 to 11 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Next up, George.
1: Next up, I am backing Southampton to beat Millwall away from home. Now, Ali, if I was to say to you, describe the den. Like, What is the den in a couple of words? It's a
0: very interactive podcast. I'm loving it. (laughs) Uh, The den is uh, a difficult place to go. Thank you very much.
1: It's a difficult place to go. Everyone knows it. Uh, The den has classically always been a difficult place to go, defined by it but actually not really. Ah. Um, This season, Millwall have really struggled at home. They've only won two games at home. Uh, They were against Stoke and against Rotherham and they've lost four games at home. Three of those defeats were to nil and not even necessarily apart from the Leeds game. Um, The other three uh, defeats were against Blackburn, Swansea and Bristol City. So really struggling at home. I think Gary Rowett's departure in itself, it's another occasion where like, even though the fan sentiment had turned against him, I think his departure, given, you know, he he generally gets a certain level of performance, there isn't necessarily a reason why we would see an immediate upturn in fortunes. I think that's been kind of been played out in their games. Um, They were pretty good away at uh, Preston, where they kind of had a lot of the ball in a way we haven't seen for a long time. Since then, Watford, even though they scored very late to get a two-all draw with a better side than that one, and um, they were beaten at home to Blackburn. So no real... Signs at the moment of of Adam Barrett getting a a better tune out of this group compared to Gary Rower. And I think for Russell Martin and Southampton, they definitely have turned a corner. And by contrast, their away form is is very good. They've already won four games on the road, including one particularly impressive win at Hull, who've been obviously very solid this season. Um, And I think that stylistically this game should suit them as I said, I thought Millwall under Barrow have actually looked at their best in possession, but we know that Southampton are going to dominate the ball here. We know that they're going to basically get it their own way and given the um, individual attacking attributes of certain players, you know, we've certainly seen Adam Armstrong in recent weeks come good um, and the way that they put Birmingham to the sword in that first half. Last time will be, as you say, they scored with their first two shots. Um, there's just a quality gap between these two and, and odds against, it seems like a fairly obvious case for me where Millwall are going to have their work cut out to get anything from this game. And I think there's value in getting with Saints to continue their good run of form.
0: A big game of the weekend in the Championship, uh, in my eyes anyway, is on Friday night. And it's Leicester against Leeds. And I think Leeds are a great price at Leicester. And my next best is to back them, draw no bet at 2.4 with the Betfair Sportsbook. I'm not going to bother picking holes in in Leicester's nine-game winning run, because what would be the point of that? Uh, It's worth pointing out that within that, and dare I say it, within any nine-game winning run, there have been half a dozen games where it has genuinely been pure domination, um, but also quite a few games, including last time out against QPR that have been a little bit tougher than it might have looked, where they've not shown the level of domination, uh, certainly in terms of like shots and quality chances that their lead at the top might suggest. So Leicester are on course to be a, re- a record-breaking championship team, but I think this is their biggest test so far by a long time. You may remember when they played Southampton, the other relegated Premier League team, Southampton were in an absolute shambolic state. That is not the case for uh, Leeds. I've got a pretty strong idea of how Leeds can hurt Leicester. Uh, It may be that it doesn't transpire and Leicester are just too much better than anyone else. But my instinct is that Leeds are much closer in quality to Leicester than the league table suggests and maybe how people feel right now. So when it lines up uh, with what I consider to be a good price, I think it makes it a good uh, pick. Leicester attack and and hold the ball and build possession in a a 3-2-5 possession, uh, in a 3-2-5 rather uh, sort of shape. And uh, one thing in particular really interests me here, and that is that they're right back whether it be Ricardo Pereira or more recently Hamza Chowdhury or even James Justin will invert and play in possession in a really central midfield role. And what that means is, well, in possession, it adds a lot to the team and it allows their right winger, in particular Fatawu, to have a lot of space 1v1 out wide and hold the width. But I think there is a natural vulnerability in transition when you lose the ball and you're in that shape. Um Leicester's right sided centre back could be Cody, it could be Vestergaard, it could be Valt Fass. Whoever it is playing right sided centre back, I think there's going to be opportunities where they have a really tough task because Leeds are brilliant on the counter attack. Almost all of their games this season have been, or their goals rather, have been counter attacking goals. Somerville and Dan James are playing in wide areas. They're both electrically quick, Somerville's dribbling ability is fantastic, Ruter's movement at the very top of the pitch has been absolutely brilliant and then you've got Joel Perrault who you know has to occupy attention because of his goal threat particularly from kind of the edge of the box and and things like that so those are the aspects where I think it'll be really interesting if Leeds can execute properly I get I genuinely think they can score a few goals here because Leicester won't have played a team with their strengths so far. So uh, there's also the set-piece angle where I think Strouk and Rodon are are decent threats here. Byram and Ampadu are are not bad sort of secondary options either. So of course Leicester have have amazing patterns. They've got brilliant players and they've got great threats of their own. But I don't know. I think Leeds are are pretty strong defensively for the most part and they've shown that. There haven't been many sort of embarrassing breakdowns at the back. I think they're quite comfortable defending. So that's another tick in the box here uh, in what will be a tough game. The the fact is that I want to be with Leeds here and, and draw no bets the way that I want. I want to do it, so that's my next best at two point four. Match odds ninety is this season's big offer from Betfair. This purports to pertains to. Matches with the 90 icon. I think, is better. That pertains to markets with the 90 icon on the Betfair Sportsbook. And it means that if the team that you bet on is winning when the clock hits 90, it'll be a winner and paid out as such, no matter what happens in added time. So even if they concede an equaliser, you'll still be paid out if they were winning, heading into injury time. There are terms and conditions for this, so please make sure you read them. That's the Match Odds 90 offer from Betfair. George, goalscorer.
1: My goalscorer is Jack Clark for Sunderland, who go to uh, Swansea... Uh, this coming weekend
0: best player in the league Jack Clark probably
1: yeah he's got 9 and 14 wow Uh, and he's he's on pens he's he's on do you want to do my answer for me (laughs) could do and don't Um, (laughs) (laughs) Swansea have been in much better form recently but there are still big question marks in my eyes as per their um, defensive solidity Uh, they are back to back clean sheets at the end of September Um, they had a clean sheet last time out where they beat Blackburn 1-0 but Blackburn created an XG in that game of about about 2 I wouldn't say Mike Duff even though he's got them to be a much better out-of-possession team, even though he's got them to be a much better attacking team, I don't think he's kind of cracked the um, defensive shape as of yet. And up against the Sunderland side, who we know basically can uh, concede, create chances in every game they play. You know, you were talking about about, um, Leicester there. I think Sunderland have given us the best indication that if you get at Leicester, you can create chances. Even though they didn't score in the game, they were incredibly impressive and I think... Probably most Leicester fans came away from that game thinking that was their toughest test as of yet in terms of what the opposition provided rather than their own performance level. Um, Clark plays off the left; he is their best player, he is their biggest goal threat because they still don't really have a goal scoring striker. Um, as you say, he's on pens, um, and it, yeah, at eleven to four, it just feels to me like any game where you can be pretty confident Sunderland are going to have plenty of goal scoring opportunities, and we know the way they will play; and we know that he'll play ninety. Um, he feels to me like the most likely goal scorer in the game. Um, you know, he's the shortest kind of two to one out there in the market. So that eleven to four with the Betfair sportsbook is very big in my eyes.
0: Yeah, easy life, isn't it just picking the best players in the division to score? That's basically what I'm doing here as well, because while I would say... Marcus McGuane
1: isn't playing. In the
0: this <laughs> uh, while I would say that Clark is, you know, would be my current pick for player of the season in the championship so far, uh, player of the month on NTT20.com was given to Crescencio Somerville of Leeds United. So I'm going back to Leicester against Leeds. A lot riding on Friday night. We're going to watch it together uh, and I'm really excited about it. Look, I, I basically think... I think as of two weeks ago when I backed Somerville and he scored twice against Norwich, um, I then backed him to score in the midweek game. He got rested against Stoke City. The the price had been cut a tiny bit, but still I felt it was value. Uh, He came on for 20 minutes. He still managed to have two shots, but didn't score. He started the next game against Huddersfield. He had two goals and two assists by half time. He's in ridiculous form. And I still think, partly obviously because of the strength of the opposition and the fact that Leeds are a juicy price to win the game... That he is standout value to score uh, this weekend in the championship. In fact, uh, Betfair are standout value for a Somerville goal uh, across all bookmakers. Um, standout value for him to score two plus at forty to one. Standout value for him to score a hat trick at five hundred to one. If you like shop markets, I think he's really good value in the shop market. So uh, I'm all in on Somerville uh, and for the purposes of the pick I'm backing him to score anytime at 9 to 2 in this game. I've talked about my vision of how Leeds can hurt Leicester, funneling the ball on the break out wide to the left where Leicester have a vacancy because they they push their right back inside. That's where Somerville plays and he's on electric form at the moment. Um, 2 weeks ago when I picked him to score, my main thread was about his xG underperformance, the fact that, you know, it was clear he was getting a ton of shots off and not just speculative ones either good quality chances and his finishing hadn't been great but we know that uh, if you're with someone who's going to get a lot of of efforts at goal then eventually you're going to get rewarded Uh, now i can't say he's underperforming his xg because he's got four goals in two games since then but he clearly is in incredibly confident form the finishes against norwich and huddersfield to be honest were both individual brilliance, both in terms of, of kind of dribbling um, and, and and finding space to shoot, but then the execution of the finish as well. So it's probably not going to last forever, probably, although he is really good. Uh, so the fact that he's still 9-2 when right now he's got the highest XG per 90 of any player in the league that's played more than 60% of the league's minutes so far, the second best goals per 90 uh, record behind Broadhead, take, takes the second most shots per 90 after Chaplin, Again, we come back to this thing of like the wide forwards, the number tens. These are the guys scoring goals and taking shots in the yeah. champion, in the modern championship. But the
1: perception is they're not strikers, so it's going to drop off. But is it? I hope is not. It?
0: Somerville to score for Leeds anytime. Nine to two. George, long shot.
1: I'd like to go to Somerville. Sounds like my so nice place. I. Pouring the rain here. Um, my long shot is Joe Rankin Costello to score anytime. Lovely. 15-2, uh, to two, which is, again, uh, feels like a, a big price um, for Blackburn, who travelled to Norwich on Sunday. <clears throat> Norwich's current plight is well-versed. I think everybody knows that they're a side who are really struggling at the moment, especially defensively. do everyone know
0: how much they're struggling, though? Yeah. Because I think it's worth, and I've tried to do it a couple of times recently, Like it's not, it's not just that they're in the bottom three in the form table since the end of August. It's that their underlying numbers are bottom 3 bottom four as well and they're heading
1: towards the bottom 3 gosh um they've lost three games in a row they've lost four of their last five they've lost six of their last eight it's really poor and they're conceding loads of goals you know they conceded three last time out against Sunderland, two against Borough, three against leeds and again they took uh, a 2-0 lead in. um and blackburn for all of their faults as we've spoken about many time on both many times on both this podcast and the monday show Blackburn, the way that Blackburn set out, like Sunderland, is always the same. Like, it doesn't matter who the opposition is, Yondelle Thomason will set up Blackburn to attack and continue to attack no matter what the game state is. In Joe rankin Costello, you've got a player who started the season playing right back and had a few shots from right back, albeit kind of low XG shots. Um, he then was dropped and taken out of the team entirely. In the last three or four games, he's been brought back in as a uh, central midfield player and a, and a pretty attacking centre midfield player. And his, in in the Uh, Five games since he's come back in. He's had a shot in each one. He's had two shots against Cardiff and he's already scored two goals. Looking at the shot map as well, he's had eight shots in that time, which amount to an XG of of just under two. So he's kind of bang on for his uh, XG numbers. So he's not overperforming it at all. And he is basically the player who. like Smodics was obviously the one playing as a 10, who was getting into goal scoring positions before that ranking Costello is playing deeper than, than Smoddix was, but he feels like he's the person getting into those positions. The one who is making those runs uh, late into the box from, from midfield and given license to do so. Um, he kind of feels like he's still being priced up as a, as a fullback and that's not where he's playing. So a 15 to two uh, ranking. I mean, he, he came off after an hour against Swansea, so it might be worth just waiting until teams come out on mm. Sunday to make sure he's playing. Um, I'm not doing that for the purpose of this, which is a shame. But I, uh, yeah, I fancy him to. Well, he's definitely a better fifteen to two if he plays in that position again.
0: Yeah, peek behind the curtain, listener. George very excited about this one so much so that he was he couldn't believe that I hadn't picked the same. long well, shot I just there. I just assumed that you'd have the same long shot as me. You're said. you're a big JRC guy. Yeah, but there's the the thing with the long shot and the, the the reason it makes it much less likely for us to pick the same one. It's just the breadth of markets that you can play with. And for whatever reason, this week I'm playing a goalless draw. Uh, now we know what that means. It does not mean backing the nil-nil. It means backing the no goal scorer in the goal scorer market because George own goals
1: don't count. So it could be five all. Wow, with ten own goals and you still get a winner. It'd be one of
0: the most incredible things that's ever happened in football if that happens, and I really hope it does. I
1: think I think only once in my life, and it may have even been on the pod if my memory serves me correctly. I've backed a no goal scorer and, and had a one nil og but it's like but it's great i mean how, yeah. how, how worth it
0: was that it's like looking both ways when you cross the road right you you, you don't really understand the value of it until you <sighs> realize you would have been killed but you d- but That's you're not because you look example thank you
1: um i just a, a point on this back in the day back in the glory days here we go the prices were often the same <laughs> for no goal scorer and nil nil that isn't always the case now so I'd always advise caution just check because yeah. sometimes if 0-0 is 8-1 to one and no goal score is 5-1 back
0: the 0-0 right yeah no absolutely fair enough uh, the 0-0 here West Brom Hull is the pick
1: no it's not what? no goal scorer is ah uh, <laughs>
0: no goal scorer all that. <laughs> <laughs> i that I basically think that one of West Brom Albion against Hull will we'll score an own goal and Preston Coventry is going to be 0-0 I think they're both big 0-0 games um, so no goal scorer is the pick uh, for West Brom against Hull and it is six to 6-1 with the Betfair Sportsbook. And it's simple really. West Brom under Corboran are, are full Corboran. They've already had 3 0 nil nils this season including 2 at home. They've also kept 7 clean sheets in their last 9 games. So whatever Corbs did during the first international break, uh, well, since then, their defensive numbers have been the best in the league. Uh, They've moved up the table as a result, now flirting with the playoffs. They are not exactly flying going forward. Thomas Asante is back and looks relatively sharp, but... They're still not an amazing attacking team. Hull, I would say, are not particularly open. I think they're quite cautious uh, away from home in terms of their their shape. I think they go for uh, solidity, uh, and I don't think that they are going to trouble West Brom that much. In particular, because Jaden Philogene, who's been one of the best players in the league over the last few weeks, is unavailable this weekend with a minor muscle issue. Uh, <laughs> the tweet that I saw from a local journalist said, "Liam Rossini relaxed about it and keen for somebody else to take their place." I would not be relaxed. <laughs> If the player that I had in my team that was comfortably better than the level was uh, injured for a big game. But there you go. Liam Rossini a bit more relaxed than me. Uh, West Brom Hull, no goal scorer of the pick. Six to one with the Betfair Sportsbook. Now, BTTS sixfold time. This is fun. Yeah, we've, we've gone a bit rogue. And that's because while we enjoy the BTTS, yes, uh, sixfold, particularly we enjoy the fact that it's, it's never dead. It's never dead because you're looking for teams to score. And even if, you know, someone hasn't going into injury time. nil with two minutes to go. The bet's still live. Whereas mm. BTTS No is a little bit different. But George, this weekend in particular, we feel very strongly that the value across the championship and particularly the FA Cup is in BTTS.
1: Speak for yourself for saying particularly the
0: FA Cup. You've done three FA
1: Cup. I've done the championship. So who's saying that you're some more value, better value than mine?
0: It's a BTTS No sixfold. Mm. Who's your three?
1: Well, My, my first one. Thankfully, is West Brom Hull. And I, <laughs> and I don't have to talk about that because you've just done it. um Yeah, I mean, particularly West, West Brom's,
0: just quickly. Don't have to talk about it.
1: West Brom's XG against numbers in the last five games is like something I've never seen before. <laughs> I mean, it's like 0.3 a game. So, yeah. yeah, I'm excited about that one. Well, I'm not, but you know what I mean. Uh, Rotherham QPR is my second one um to pretty poor attacking sides really i mean i know defensively they both have issues but i think normally when it's two um poor attacking sides going up against each other um it's normally the you know they they get brought down to each other's level if that makes sense from a defensive point of view so um it's, it's rarely when you have two low quality sides a goal fest and i think rather than qpr especially with a, a new manager coming into qpr who'll be looking to tighten things up i think um yeah, I'd be surprised if there are many goals in that one. And finally, Bristol, Bristol City against Sheffield Wednesday. Danny Roll came in and I think has very much looked to try and tighten Wednesday up immediately. And he's done so pretty well. Um, their XG4 and XG against numbers are both amongst the lowest in the division over the last four games. Um, and Bristol City, Nigel Pearson has gone, a new manager coming in. But again, they've really struggled for um, attacking output in the last couple of weeks, having... Previously been a good attacking side, but lots of players are injured. So my three BTTS nos all in the Championship: West Brom, Hull, Rotherham, QPR, Bristol City, Sheffield Wednesday.
0: The thing that makes me feel a bit better about a BTTS no sixfold not being as exciting as a BTTS yes sixfold is that the price is at ninety four point five three. Yes, please. With the Betfair sportsbook, Um, and my three are all in the FA Cup first round proper. Sheppie against Walsall's on Friday night. So this bet could be done uh, before we hit the hay on Friday night. Uh, But I'm going BTTS, no. It's at 2.1. And there's nothing hugely scientific here other than that. That price just doesn't quite align with my way of thinking here. And there's four tiers between the two teams. Sheppie are in the eighth tier. Walsall, of course, in League 2. Walsall aren't an amazing defensive team by any means, but they are very short to win the game. They're expected to dominate it. I don't want to be too like sweeping here or dismissive of, of non-league teams. It's not really how I want to come across. But
1: but you've seen a lot of Sheppey, and you know.
0: Well, there just has to be a good chance of a, of a just pure domination when there's yeah. that level of... of- well, when there's a gulf between a professional team and a semi-professional team. Sheppy to score is 1.57 with the Betfair Sportsbook. So that's a perceived 64% probability. Not for me, Clive. Uh, although they do have Tom Bradshaw's brother up top. Apparently he's a goalsman. So, you know, it's worth knowing that even though I don't think he or Sheppy are going to score here. Um, the most mad one for me is Northampton Barrow. It's an FA Cup game. BTTS No is 263 with the Fair Sportsbook, and I don't understand this price for the life of me. I think it is excellent value. Um, BTTS, yes, is 1.44 here. That's the sort of price you'd expect to see between, like, two of the most open, so weird, high-scoring teams in a division. This is... Barrow and Northampton. Northampton have scored 15-15 in League 1. They've failed to score uh, in 33% of their league games this season. Barrow have scored 18-16. They have failed to score in 25% of their games. Barrow are, are very, very good defensively, and I'm sure that they'll take a fairly defensive mindset as they're going away to a team in the league above. I think it's bizarre that it's 2.63, and, and that is certainly a big part of our sixfold. fold um, and then you know,
1: um, Northampton had three shots against Derby in midweek. Two of them were outside the area and blocked. The only one that wasn't blocked was a Mitch Pinnock effort from 40 yards. Yeah.
0: They're, they do look very low on confidence right now, I think it's fair to say. Um and Mitch Pinnock having a crack from there. Wow. Well, misplaced confidence.
1: Yeah
0: lincoln Morecambe is is kind of similar to me. Um, It's another League One team at home to a League Two team. The price is 2.38. I just don't really understand why BTTS No would be uh, that long here. Lincoln love a clean sheet at home. They are good defensively and and famously make very heavy weather out of attacking. Uh, They're fairly good on the break, but I don't imagine Morecambe will be particularly open here. Their results have been good in League One recently, but blanked in midweek against Barrow. I don't think they had a shot on target in that game, and their, their underlying attacking numbers have them down as a really poor team in League Two terms in terms of uh, chance creation. So, yeah, I, 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 I never thought I'd see the day we'd go for BTTS, no six-fold, but I just cannot ignore, in particular, the 2.63 for Northampton Barrow and the 2.38 for lincoln Morecambe. So, uh, the six-fold together... Is BTTS no in Sheppey United against Walsall, Northampton Barrow and Lincoln Morecambe? Those three games are in the FA Cup. And then in the Championship, Bristol City, Sheffield Wednesday, West Bromhall, Rotherham QPR. BTTS? No. That's at 94.53 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Um, thank you to Betfair for sponsoring this podcast. It's been great fun to be back together in the office recording for you. You can watch the pod uh, on Betfair's YouTube channel. So search NTT20 Betting Show on YouTube and you'll find us and you can see what the office looks like. Uh, George, before we go, if you wouldn't mind recapping your selections.
1: Yeah, my nap is Watford to beat Huddersfield at 13 to 10, Southampton to beat Millwall, who are 21 to 20, uh, Jack Clark, anytime goal scorer for Sunderland at 11 to 4 and Joe Rankin Costello at 15 to 2 for Blackburn Rovers anytime is my long shot.
0: Yeah, my list is Ipswich best bet of the weekend, 10 to 11 away at Birmingham City, Leeds draw no bet at Leicester on Friday night, 2.4, a goal scorer Somerville. Somerville. Anytime 9 to 2. Uh, with the Betfair Sportsbook and a long shot is no goal scorer in West Bromwich Albion against Hull at 6-1 to one. the BTTS sixfold Sheppey against Walsall Northampton against Barrow Lincoln-Morcombe in the FA Cup Bristol City-Sheffield Wednesday West Brom-Hull and Rotherham-QPR in the Championship Thanks for listening Have a great weekend and go well